Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Glenn Hawke, and it is great to bring you episode number 11 of Blue Sox Banter. Now, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to everyone who's been watching and listening to the podcast so far. Your comments and thoughts and feedbacks has, has really been... I suppose overwhelming in a way and it's uh, great to see so many people are uh, enjoying the content about the Sydney Blue Sox as we get to know some of the players, some of the characters as they uh, get set for the season that's happening very, very soon. We are inside the final seven days before we uh, play that very first series against the Melbourne Aces, kicking off at Blacktown International Sports Park on the 17th of December. Now, if you haven't got your tickets, get in early. Now, of course, COVID restrictions have eased here in Sydney. 100% of the stadium will be available for, uh, for people to or sit, enjoy, and spectate. So make sure you get in, sydneybluesocks.com.au to secure your tickets before that opening game. It is going to be huge. Now, I had a chance to go out to training this week and uh, have a chat to a few of the guys and um, as they prepare for the big season. And I can tell you the energy and the excitement amongst the team is through the roof. Manny Ramirez has been at training, of course. Uh, what he's been bringing to the team and to the players has just been fantastic. and He's been superb around the playing group already. But I did get a chance to catch up to a cu- with a couple of the um, import players for this week's episode. We caught up with Adam Oller, the big Texan pitcher who's out of the New York Mets organization. And also Cam Gibson, a Detroit Tiger, the son of a legend who is lining up for the Sydney Blue Sox this year. We hope you enjoy this chat with a Met and a Tiger. Well, Adam Oller, welcome, uh, welcome to Sydney. Welcome to the, the Sydney Blue Sox. How have you found your time in Sydney so far? Um, well, I've been out of quarantine for seen, a, yeah. Yeah, I've been out of quarantine for a total of like 26, 24 hours, 28 hours, something like that. So, uh, so far it's been great though. Uh, we came up here to throw yesterday a little bit and got to see the field and meet some of the guys that were up here and it's been awesome so far. And where I was quarantined at was downtown Sydney or, or I don't, I don't know how y'all say it. CBD, I think yeah. CBD, Sydney, uh, and it it was beautiful. It was hotel was really nice. Um, got a nice view of the gym. So that's about it. Well, look, Rachel had a view of Darling Harbour. Magnificent views for her quarantine. Paint a picture for us. What did your view look like? Oh, uh, not that nice. I had <laughs> a I had a brick building, and since I was on the like third floor, I just straight up had a brick building. That was it. That was it. Yeah, no, I, like I was eye to eye level level with uh, a gym. That was it. All right. How did you fourteen days? How did you, how did you get through day to day? What was your? Do you have a routine? Yeah, um, I played a lot of PlayStation. <laughs> so uh, I woke up and did my did my stretching, my yoga stuff, and then uh, played played PlayStation with with my buddies from back home because when they're getting off work is kind of when we're waking up. So, so it's like you didn't, you've never left. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I do my workouts, uh, do the workout and then, you know, Netflix, um, YouTube, Twitch, a lot of, a lot of stuff like that pretty much the entire day. And then uh, occasionally I just mix in reading and read some of my books that I brought with me. So that was it. Got through two books or got through one book. So, and no doubt itching to get out. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Every single day, just counting down the day to when I get to leave. Now, Adam, let's go back to the start for you. You were just saying before, you're from uh, born and raised in Texas. Mm-hmm. What's your early baseball memories? Oh, early baseball memories. Um, so I grew up with uh, with three brothers, or two brothers and a sister, and all all of us did sports growing up. Um, so I, I always played up with my older brother. Um, and so everything I, I remember is from the younger days was always just playing up with him. 
and uh, at the time I wasn't a pitcher and so I'd uh I was a catcher growing up so uh I'd catch him he'd play third base stuff like that and then uh we ended up uh we went to college together too played together in college so I was our Friday guy and he was our Saturday guy so that was always kind of fun you know for two years being back to back every weekend and yeah, just playing with him, playing with uh, some of my buddies growing up, playing all the sports, everything. And I gather it was a, a, a fairly general um, your transition through baseball, college baseball, oh, high school baseball through to college. When did the uh, the thoughts that you could make a career out of this sort of start to come to fore for you? Oh, uh, honestly, not really till not really till the end of my freshman year yeah. of, of college. Um, I, I never really. When in, like in high school, I was never really kind of trying to take that route. Mm. Uh, I took baseball more of something to like pay for college. And if somebody was willing to pay for me to go to college to play, then I was going to take it to get my college paid for. And it ended up, you know, when I got to university, my my first year, I did really well and got a bunch of accolades, All-American, all that stuff. And it was kind of at the end of that, I was I was like, okay, like, I might have a chance, and then it re- really didn't hit until I got that first phone call from a scout, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we're interested. We're looking forward to seeing you on draft day, everything like that." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Like, so I, I actually like this is a real thing. Like, this might actually happen. And then, I, and then when I got drafted, it was like, "Oh wow!" Like actual shock because that's the day like it actually happens for you. So you were drafted to the Mets. No, so I was I was drafted originally to the Pittsburgh Pirates yep. back in 2016. Yep. And then uh played with the Pirates for 3 seasons. Um was released went and did independent ball in Chicago for uh 2 weeks, two and a half weeks and uh ended up signing with the Giants. Played with the Giants in Low A in Augusta, Georgia for all of last season. And then at the end of the season, uh, when the Rule 5 draft came around, I ended up uh, getting Rule 5 drafted in the first round of the AAA phase to the New York Mets. So technically, with COVID and everything, I've only been with the Mets for like 12 days of spring yeah, training right. this year. So, yeah, but it's uh, it's been a blast, though. So. Haven't exactly immersed yourself in the in the Mets organization. No, 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 yet. not yet, not yet. I don't I don't really even know that many names yet. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I know I know the important ones so far, and um, still still obviously kind of trying to figure out all the teammates, meet some more guys. Um, I knew a couple guys going into like when I got there that were already with them. So I had a couple of buddies that were there already, but as far as you know, the coaching staff and and the front office, everyone like that, uh, I didn't know anyone. And now we're kind of getting more to where I, I'm starting to know names now. How did you end up here in Australia? Uh, this was not something that I <laughs> thought was gonna be happening for me. Yeah. Um, I had always like since rookie ball wanted to play internationally, uh, but it's hard to do that as a pitcher just because you know in our season we play and then we throw a lot so normally they don't want to send us over as pitchers to throw more uh so COVID was kind of a sort of blessing in disguise just because I got the chance to actually do that um but it was it was kind of one of those things that I wanted to do something this year throwing wise and um being new to the Mets I wasn't like a 60-man player pool type of thing so I knew that wasn't going to happen so I just wanted to do something 
and the originally it was supposed to be Taiwan and one thing led to another it kind of fell through it was I think the ABL was a longer season and my uh my farm director at the time called and was like hey uh how's how's Sydney sound it's like oh, awesome yeah sure <laughs> it's like I've always wanted to go to Australia so it's a win-win situation for me honestly so that's it kind of happened like really really short notice and really quick and just like that it was like all right I'll hop on a plane and come on so what does a boy from Texas know about Sydney or so far and what did you know about Sydney Australia the whole lot um not not a whole lot <laughs> uh I I got a couple buddies that are that are from Australia just through over the years playing um and I went to college with Max Brennan who's yep. on the team here yep. so um you know ca- talking to them a little bit and then um talking to a couple buddies that are playing for like Perth and and uh Adelaide and uh kind of got an idea of what the area was like and you know my dad has been to Australia like four or five times so he uh he kind of told me he was like Sydney's a lot like Houston like city wise yeah um but it, it's just a blast like an absolute blast here um, the one thing I will say that I've, I've noticed since being here, the short time I've been here so far, um, everyone is extremely nice, Yeah, like, extremely nice. So that's, that's been kind of something I didn't, not necessarily didn't expect, but just something I noticed when I got here. We're a hospitable bunch down here in yeah, Australia. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. <laughs> now I tell us, that. tell us baseball wise, what, what are you aiming to get out of this season here in Sydney? Um... Just, you know, obviously, like, the reps, everything like that, just because we didn't get to play this year. So, yeah. uh, the reps is one thing. And then also um, friendships, you know, stuff like that. And then uh, I'd also, you know, obviously, I'm here to work on things as well, um, which I, there's some stuff that I got to work on, you know, pitch mixing, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So, that's going to be something I'm going to be working on while I'm here, too. Uh, just how to attack certain hitters and, and uh, whatever I can learn is – obviously going to be helpful so well adam thanks for uh, joining us on blue socks banter enjoy training tonight and we look forward to seeing you on the mound real soon awesome thank you man appreciate you Cheers. cam welcome to sydney and uh it must be delightful to get out of quarantine yeah it was good it was like a, it was a really nice like swedish prison almost <laughs> we had a nice tv and like food nice meals every day so that's what I compared it to. Now I asked Adam before about the uh, about the view he had out of his room. What was the view of out of your hotel room? Um, I was actually kind of looking out into the city, where I mean, there was just a million buildings. Yeah. And the one thing I noticed is that there's people working on eighty percent of the rooftops every day. Like yeah, I right. look out, and there's just a million people on the roofs working, um, and the window washers they're going up and down, just connected by the rope, and I'm. Sitting there like, yeah, right. I'm getting sweaty palms. <laughs> well, tell us the welcome into Sydney. Now, usually it's, um, you know, it's quite a fanfare coming into the city as a as a, as a, a foreigner, but um, you get shuffled straight onto a bus. There's police, security, the uh-huh. whole bit. It's probably not the most welcoming welcome that you would have got to a, a new country. Well, yeah, when you get it out of uh, customs and everything, there's a, a bunch of military people waiting there. So you're like, all right, well, this is pretty serious. But they, like... They don't wear masks, so I'm coming from a place where everybody is like in the U.S. Everybody's got a mask on. Yeah. Like it, you have to. Yeah. And so you get off, and you're <coughs> you're coming outside, and you're like, people don't have masks on. What's going on here? And they're just like, yeah, mate, yeah, how you going? <laughs> and I'm like, 
these guys don't care. Like it's it's beautiful here. There's, there's, we don't have much COVID here anymore. No, which is not like not at all different to where where you. Where, what city did you come from? Detroit. So you came from Detroit. Uh-huh. What's the state of play currently with COVID and things like that in, in Detroit? Well, it differs from the state in Detroit. I think everything's pretty well shut down. If it's not shut down completely, it's like half capacity. Yeah. Um, I believe you can still go to gyms, but you have to be completely like masked up, and that's probably at a little bit less capacity. But it's completely different from when we first started quarantine because that was like get in your house, you're in your house, st- like don't come out. Yeah. So no one could leave. And, you know, that was, you know, different, but I didn't really mind it. I had fun. Find, I find things to do. So what about the, the routine in quarantine? 14 days in your, uh, your Swedish prison camp there. How did you get through? So I would make videos every day and I'd send them to my family explaining like, what I'm doing for the day. And then um, I also have classes that I'm taking at Michigan State still online. So I hit, did that. But I made a lot of videos. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie American Psycho right. with Christian Bale. He has this morning routine that he does. And it's, it's an amazing scene. And so I made a video of myself doing the morning routine and I put the movie scene voiceover into the video. And that took me a whole day, so that only wiped out one day, but it was fun to do. All right, so where can people see this can they, on your Instagram? No this one's just, seeing it. No one's seeing This is just your little production. Yeah, it's my family. little production for my family and friends. Nice. Tell us, what are you studying? Uh, criminal justice. Right. I don't really like math that much. And so when I was going into college, I was like, man, what's, like, what what's going to give me the least math? Lo and behold, criminal justice. Criminal justice. Everyone's like going into marketing. I'm like, that sounds like a lot of numbers to me. <laughs> what? Uh, where does this, if it's not going to be baseball, where does this study lead you? Um, well, I, I think it's just so you can have that degree. I think, you know, a lot of my uh, people that are close to me, they want me to have the degree. Hmm. And, you know, if I'm this far along with it, I might as well just keep going and finish it. Um, if, if I don't do it, make it in baseball, I, I think I got a pretty good somewhat good personality i could try and make it on tv doing something uh in detroit i worked at fox sports detroit yeah uh, so i could do some stuff there or uh you know if you have the degree you can also always be a college baseball coach and um i think the way i play is kind of a dying breed so i'd love to infect the minds of some college baseball players and teach them how to play tell us what is that style of play for you uh, I think it's just, you know, the way my dad played was hard-nosed, aggressive, and, um, you know, kind of take no prisoners, you know, kind of a kick-ass attitude. And mm. so that's the way I learned how to play the game. Obviously, your dad probably taught you how to play the game differently. My dad taught me how to play the game that way. So that's the only way I know how to play. So, you know, the walls don't really scare me. You know, people get in the way, you know, that's your own fault. Get out of the way or you're going to get hit pretty hard. So... I think it's just uh, kind of like a gritty, hard-nosed type of play. may not be that pretty, but the job gets done in the end of the day. Uh, just as a little FYI, my dad was a rugby league player. had no idea what baseball was growing <laughs> up. So as opposed to your dad, your dad had a, a fair background in baseball. For those who don't know, your dad is Kirk Gibson, who hit probably one of the most famous walk-off home runs Did. in World Series history. So I've heard. So you've heard? Yeah. 1988. This is six years before you were born? Yes. Six years? I was 94. So like I said, I'm not a math guy. You got to do it for me. Six years. Let's say six. So we'll say six, yeah. 88 World Series, two injured legs, bottom of the last. Tommy Lasorda brings him in Mm -hmm. with the game uh, all tied up. Dennis Leckersley, one of the all-time great closers. (laughs) 
and uh, dear old dad just just managed to knock one out. Yeah, so I like I just said, man, he's kind of take no prisoner. Just you know, he tells a story to me as you know he was trying really hard, like he did everything he could to try and be well enough to mm. start, but I mean he couldn't. There's nothing he could do, and and the way that I've learned from him is like if you can't play, you better be like on the verge of death. And yeah. that's what I'm pretty sure how he was thinking. He was like, and I'm letting everybody down and I'm not out here and I'm, I can still walk, but I can't give everything I have. But he, he, my, my mom and my oldest brother and my sister were actually at the game. Yeah. And so my oldest brother was kind of being a, a, a pest a little yeah. bit to my mom. So my dad called him down. He said, you guys go home. I'm not playing. And this was like second inning or something like that. And so yeah. they're like, all right. So they went home and then he was watching the game on TV in the, in the training room with ice on his knees and he was getting uh, like cortisone shots, stuff like that. And he's just like, you know what? Screw this. And he threw the ice bags off and he's probably in his short shorts at the time <laughs> that he still has to this day. And he got up and he's like, get some balls on the tee. I'm not, I'm not taking this, this anymore. Let's go. And you see the footage of him. Walking to the plate. Yeah, it ain't pretty, man. No, it was it was ugly. The only bit not pretty, it was ugly. And to be able to, and I suppose in his mind, if he could walk to the plate, he back. He's himself. fine. Yeah, yeah. If 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 he can get up there, and he could hear the people, then that's enough to give you the adrenaline to get past everything that you're feeling in your legs. Yeah. So he walked out, heard the crowd, adrenaline started to pump, and then he probably just went, "All right, let's go." Let's Game on, but 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 if he if he didn't get a hit, if it didn't work out the way that it did, he's not going to sit there and be like, "Oh, I was hurt." Like, yeah. that's the reason he's going to say, "That's I mean, that's all on me." You know, I messed that up. I suppose it's two things there, and no doubt these are qualities that have have rubbed off on you over yeah, many yeah. years as well. It's it's that tenacity and the willing just to back yourself. Oh, absolutely. You got to be able to trust yourself too, and that's he, he did. He knew that you know if I could just get out there and do something. Yeah. He trusted himself that he could do that. But he, his entire life, he thrived off moments like that though. He would always try and teach us that, you know, you got to try and be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, a lot of guys can go out in that situation. They're on deck and they're sitting there shaking. They're like, Oh my God, what if I get out? What if I get out? I'm going to be that guy. That's not how he was thinking. He was probably sitting on deck circle saying, I'm about to, knock this MF out of the park right now. Yeah. So he tries to teach us a, a, a positive mindset, try and visualize. And his, his, his person that taught him, his name was Frank Bartonetti. And, you know, obviously us Gibsons, we, we're kind of hotheads. So we can kind of get on ourselves a little too hard. So the, the, the thing to learn is you have to try and visualize positive outcome. And the more realistic you make it in your head, the more realistic it'll be in, in real life. And it'll push all those, negative thoughts out it's impossible not to think negative it's impossible mm. but it takes a different type of person to be able to push them out and switch them with positive positive mindset so let's talk about your baseball journey you said your michigan state was where you, where you went to college oh yeah you were drafted out of michigan state i was 2015 i was drafted out of michigan state um i just remember growing up i never wanted to go anywhere else because that was obviously our family school yeah. And so growing up, I was just like, okay, like I'm going to go to Michigan State. And they offered me in, in high school. And uh, obviously I was like, in my head, I was like, right as he finished this, the sentence of like, 
we would like you to play here. I wanted to be like, yes, okay. But my dad was like, if they offer you, you stand strong for a little bit. You just got to hold off a little bit. <laughs> and you were rock solid for so, so I was sitting there. I was like shaking. I was like, man, I want to say yes so bad right now. <laughs> but he was right next to me. You know, he was like. Gave you the nod? Yeah, he was fine. like, we'll just chill out for a second. And we'll, we'll let it drag out for a little bit. Yeah. But then I accepted it. So tell us about your time at um, with, the, with the Detroit Tigers. You've been there five seasons. Six years. Six years now. Well, COVID doesn't really count. Well, though. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, Detroit is an organization. Tell us about, um, about Detroit. So, um, when I first got there, I met my manager, obviously his name is Mike Ribello, and I've had, I've only had two managers my entire, my entire time there. And that's Mike Ribello and fellow Blue Sock, Andrew Graham. Yep. And, uh, with grammar, all we talk about is old music. Uh, I ask him a million questions about Australia and he t- tries to teach me how to play rugby. Yeah, right. So um, I think that I've been really blessed with Detroit, with my managers, man, with my coaches. You know, they're like top of the line. You know, they're there for you. They're, uh, they're players' coaches. They're, they want to be like one of you because they've been there. The, you know, the coaches in our organization, they've been through it all. Yeah. They know what we're going through. You know, the minor league dog days, three quarters of the way through the season, you're in. Richmond, Virginia, and it's 110 degrees, and you're only in the fourth inning of your doubleheader day, and you're sitting there like, wow. But they, but I will say that they've taught me how to learn how to to cope with with that long season and and you know kind of battle through it. So I'm very thankful for my managers and my coaches throughout my time with the Tigers for sure. So Andy Graham was the um, was the link between yourself oh, yeah. and the Sydney Blue Sox. I was talking to him during quarantine. I was like, dude, I need to play. I was like, is there any openings? Are they accepting people in Sydney? He's like, yeah, my, I'll, I'll bloody talk to the GM and the manager for you. And I'm like, wow, that, that didn't take very long. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly how he sounded as well when he, when he yeah, said that. Yeah, my, I'll bloody talk to him for you. <laughs> and that was the link with um, Andy got in contact with, with Bucket. And yeah. lo and behold, here you are in, in Sydney. Yeah, so he, he kind of gave him the call and, and told him how I, how I am as a person, how I am as a player. And... I guess it kind of sunk in a little bit that, you know, it's, you know, a good kind of thing to have on the team. So I'm really grateful for them to invite me over here. I've never been out of North America, so this is my first time ever being out of North America. But, you know, I'm really excited to play. And it felt weird taking BP the other day because I hadn't swung on a field in God knows how long. So I'm yeah. just excited to play a game again. Have you found um, you met your, your teammates a couple of days ago? Yeah, man, everybody's so nice. It's weird. It's almost like you're, you're kind of you're taken aback. You're like, why are these people so nice, so nice to, me? to me right now? You don't even know me, man. But yeah, everybody, I mean, everywhere I've gone, like even in like traffic, like I'm like, oh, I need to get over. And then I look, and obviously I'm on the other side of the car also. Not this side, this side. And I look over, I'm like, and they're like, yeah, come on. Yeah, mate. They're like, yeah, mate, come on, but you're good. And I'm like, you're a good guy, man. Thanks a lot. Now, here's just a tip for you when they let you in. Make sure you do the courtesy wave. Okay, I do the piece. I do the... That's fine. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Perfect. That'll get you a long way in Australia, the, cur- the courtesy wave in, in traffic. How have you found driving on the other, other side of the car, on the other side of the road, on the other side of the world? So I will say the first couple of days, it kind of stressed me out a little bit just because, I mean, I've, I've learned a complete opposite way. I've taken a few wrong turns. <laughs> Luckily, it's at night when there's no one out. Right. But like... um. I have to tell myself that 
the right turn is the far turn and the left turn is the close one. Yeah. Where in in United States, the left one is the far one and yeah. the right one is the close one. Yeah. So that's where it was kind of like going like this in my head and then I had to really think about it. You, you have to really concentrate. Not that we don't concentrate on the road, of course, but as you say, everything's the opposite to what you used to. So you really have to Even in parking lots, though, like that kind of messes with me, too, because there's no lines to tell me in parking lots yeah. that I have to be on the left side of it still. So automatically you're going the other way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I usually just stay right in the middle in parking lots. I'm like, whatever. If some, there's another car coming at me, I'll move. Was there something that um, when you travel here to Australia that and I suppose particularly to Sydney, was there something that you wanted to see or do outside of baseball? Yeah, I really want to go spearfishing. <laughs> Anywhere in particular? No. Well, I like to hunt. Right. We like to hunt in our family. We yep. hunt a lot. And so uh, Graham, uh, Andy Graham, and uh, one of our other teammates with Detroit, he's on Perth. His name's Ulrich Bajarski. He tells me that they go spearfishing all the time. And so I don't really know what the hunting laws are here, so I'm not really going to try and push my limits with that. But spearfishing seems like dive on in, get your dinner. Yeah, not too many people carrying guns. No, sidearms no, in Australia, so yeah, definitely probably, not. Yeah, probably leave that alone. But yeah, spear fishing. So maybe we need to organise uh, a bit of that. Plenty of beautiful beaches and, and places like that off the coast. Of yeah, I've heard there's can... a couple of good beaches around, yeah. around here. Yeah. Baseball wise, what do you hope to get out of this season? Oh, just I need to play and I want to win. I mean, I've every time I play on a team, you know, I like to be on a team that's loose and like I don't really think I even need to do anything in here like they, these guys are all loose already they're all making fun of me already it's it's an amazing time you know they're sitting there they're giving me gummy worms in the outfield I'm like what's going on here the team camaraderie's you know impeccable and that's like what i think a winning team when i think of a winning team i think of good team chemistry and that seems like it's already the case here so all we got to do is start playing games and win and then we'll win the whole thing what were your thoughts when you heard that <clears throat> manny ramirez was going to be your teammate this year um, it's weird because you think about when we were talking earlier, you and I were talking earlier, you think about when do you realize that your dad was, you know, kind of a superstar. I don't really, th that's how I thought of Manny my whole life because I would watch him from afar. I yeah. never had met him and anything like that. And he's got 500 plus home runs, world series and everything. A couple of world series. And you're <laughs> kind of starstruck when you first meet him, but he's just another one of the guys. He's not even... He doesn't walk around like he's better than anybody. He just walks around like he's one of us. He asks me for hitting tips, and I'm sitting here like, what the hell are you asking me for, dude? <laughs> You're the one who's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But, yeah, he's, he's just he just wants to have fun and be one of the guys. Cam, great to see you in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much for your time. I'm, no doubt we'll have a chat on Blue Sox Banda throughout the season. Absolutely. But uh, we'll let you get back to training and uh, enjoy the season. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Aussie slang. So I'm going to give you some Australian terms. Oh, this is not fair. He's better at the stuff And you two guys between you've got to work out okay. what this is all about, right? I might carry the team. Yeah, he's going to carry it because he's actually been working on this. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. So know your Aussie slang, Adam and Cam. Firstly, hard yakka. What does hard yakka mean? Hard yakka. Sorry, lock. Hard yakka. I know. That's what I'm trying to think, too. Oh, it's... Hard yakka, mate. Hard yakka, mate. That's it. A hard yakka, mate. I feel like that'd be like a, like a hard time. I was going to say like a tough day or something like that. Yeah, like a tough time. Tough yeah. time. Hard work. Hard work. Hey, yeah, oh, hard nice, yakka, yeah. Dude, one for one. We were on the right track. Now, right, so if someone, was, um, if someone said they were knackered, what would they like, be? Uh, like knackered. A, like uh, like drunk? annoyed. Drunk? Close. Annoyed? It, wasn't it annoyed or like, like pissed off? 
tired. So if you're tired, I'm knackered. So you've just thrown. I thought it was drunk too, though. Too. <laughs> you've we thrown a hundred. Awesome. You've thrown a hundred pitches. You've come off the mound knackered. You're just making us feel like we were way off. <laughs> <laughs> we were even close. Now, on the way home, you're driving back from the ballpark uh, after a big game. You've got you've gone from Macca's run. Where have you gone Macca's, to? Macca's, McDonald's. There you go. Yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, we got that one. International sign, right? Macca's. Yeah, Macca's, oh, yeah. McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Righto. If, um, if you ask someone to have a crack, if you ask someone to have a crack at something. Give it a go. Or give it a go. Give yeah. it a go. Nice yeah. and easy. You're all over this. Okay, yeah, we're doing what, well. Um, back on the food topic again, if someone was having an Asanga. A Zanga? A Zanga. A Zanga. Like with a Z? An S? A Sanger. 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 You'd have it for lunch, maybe. A Sanger? Like a sub? A sandwich? A sandwich or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, a sandwich. Like Subway? That'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Like Subway. Yeah, they have Subway. I've had it a few times. All right. Now, if uh, the coaching staff said to you, if you ask when's batting practice on, if they said Sarvo, when would it be? Sarvo? Sarvo. The gas station? Like a 7-Eleven? Like Servo? Now, when would it be? When? So, when would it be if they said batting practice was the Savo? The Savo? I thought he said Servo. I thought that was a guess. Uh, Savo. Like, time? Like, uh, 7 o'clock p.m. Afternoon? Well, the afternoon. Afternoon? Yeah. Oh, my God. Savo. Yeah. Yeah. What would it mean if you had to go to the Dunny? Bathroom. Bathroom. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're wearing thongs. Flip-flops. <laughs> Flip-flops. Andrew Graham, oh, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. What about a bogan? A bogan? Is that, is, a, is that a person? Is it in terms of a person? In or? terms of a person. Oh, it's a person. So, uh, someone who's like bogus or something, like lame. Say it yeah. again. A bogan. Bogan? Like a redneck? Yeah. Like country? From, yeah, redneck? Where, yeah, oh, like him. Yeah. Redneck. Yeah, redneck. Yeah. You're an, you, or country. Are you a bogan? Are you yeah. an American bogan? Yeah. yeah he's a redneck. Yeah. Red redneck. Texas, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Now, finally, if uh, if it, after the game they said we're all going to have a barbie, barbecue. barbecue. There we go. Barbecue. Let's yeah. walk out back, <laughs> nice and easy. And to shrimp finish it, on the barbie, shrimp on the barbie. And to finish it off, one at a time. I want to get your best g'day, mate. Oh God, Adam, you got the best voice for it, right? Oh man, yeah. You sound like you've been drinking coffee and smoking heaters for like <laughs> your entire life. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. Not too bad. So he gets a higher, the like higher pitch might. on it. Might. Might. G'day, might. Well, you can even drag it out. Or you go. G'day, might. Or you go and might. I g'day, might. Trash. I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Very good. Thanks, boys. Thank good you stuff, all. brother. Appreciate it. Well, there they are. Adam Ola and Cam Gibson, two of the, uh, well, bright stars coming to the Sydney Blue Sox this year. No doubt both of them will have a big impact both on and off the field this year. And as you can see, both real characters as well. Well, we are getting closer, as we said at the top of the podcast, December 17, the first series against the Melbourne Aces. Go online right now, sydneybluesocks.com.au and to secure your tickets, don't wait to game night. Get in nice and early to make sure you've got your seat. And of course, for everything you need to know about your Sydney Blue Sox, follow us on our socials at Sydney Blue Sox, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. That's about it for episode number 11. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you next time on Blue Sox Banter. Blue Sox Banter is a Karis Communications production hosted by me, Glenn Hawke, for the Sydney Blue Sox.